The Chinese growth number disappoints yet again, sending oil and Aussie down this morning. But the investors' focus now shifts from macro to U.S. earnings this week as some big, big names, including big U.S. banks, Tesla and Netflix are all due to announce their latest quarterly earnings this week. So welcome to the new week of trading with Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So the Chinese economy grew 6.3% in the second quarter, and that's faster than the 4.5% growth in the first quarter, but lower than the market estimate of 7.3%. Now, don't be blindsided by the strong look of these latest growth numbers from China, because the latest figures were actually distorted by a low base effect last year, when Shanghai and other big Chinese cities were in lockdown, remember, and life in China was running at a very very, very low speed. So if you look at these numbers at a seasonally adjusted basis, while the Chinese economy grew only by 0.8% last quarter, slowing sharply from a 2.2% rise in the first quarter. Now the market sentiment regarding the weak and the weakening growth numbers from China is clearly mixed this morning. In one hand, the weak growth means that the Chinese government and the People's Bank of China will actually step up their efforts to further ease the financial and the market conditions in China, and that could pave the way for a quicker recovery in the Chinese economy. But on the other hand, all these supportive policies, both from monetary and fiscal point of view, put in place so far have had little impact to boost growth in China. The Chinese property downturn, risk of disinflation, and falling exports have been difficult to reverse. So as a result, the knee-jerk reaction in the markets to the Chinese numbers were unenthusiastic really this morning. American crude extended retreat below the $75 per barrel level after hitting and bouncing lower from the 200-day moving average that stands near the $77 per barrel level last week. So this rejection from the 200-day moving average was expected and the sell-off could actually deepen toward the 100-day moving average that's near $73.5 per barrel level. Copper futures on the other hand are also down this morning and they testing the 100-day moving average to the downside following a 7% rebound since the start of this month. Iron ore futures remain under pressure as well and the Aussie so Australia is one of the biggest, biggest trading partners of China and Aussie is directly impacted by iron ore prices and the Chinese slowdown. So the Aussie is down nearly 1.30% this morning against US dollar after forming a double top near the 69.7 level last week on the back of a broad-based US dollar weakness. Now zooming out from China and Australia, the US dollar is not further sold this morning across the board. But but the US dollar index now consolidates near the lowest, lowest level since April 2022, and the index is below the 100 psychological mark and is expected to further cool down moving forward. The softer US dollar is obviously good for cooling inflation elsewhere in the world than in the US, but it could also be good for boosting the revenues of US companies and companies including the big technology companies, which actually did suffer from a rapid, rapid appreciation of the greenback in 2022, remember, and it's also good for boosting the U.S. exports, uh, which should also support the U.S. 
economic growth. So yes, all eyes are now turning toward the US companies earnings this week. So the first earnings from the US big banks that were actually released last Friday actually came in better than expected by analysts and that well actually added to the overall investor enthusiasm last week after the US inflation data also confirmed an encouraging easing in the US inflation both for CPI and PPI numbers which in return softened the hawkish Federal Reserve expectations last week and further fueled a rally in both stock and bond markets in the US and elsewhere in the world. So JP Morgan, Citigroup and Wells Fargo reported their earnings on Friday and they all reported stronger than expected earnings last quarter due to rising interest rates in the US. And their results were not only better than expected by analysts, but for some banks, they were actually outright good. I mean, so good that JP Morgan, for example, posted a record profit and a stock price broke the $150 resistance to the upside and rallied to the highest level since February 2022. Citigroup also benefited from increased borrowing by customers in the second quarter of this year. Now deposits in Citigroup were nearly flat, uh, but Wells Fargo, for example, saw its deposits fall by 1% compared to the first quarter of this year and 7% compared to a year ago. And unfortunately, the average interest rates that the banks had to pay on deposits to prevent actually people and the depositors from evaporating and going toward, well, higher yielding, better yielding investments rose 1% to 3% last quarter and the interest expenses of the big banks actually climbed significantly as a result of it. They actually climbed by a mind-blowing 465% at Wells Fargo and Citigroup in the second quarter of this year. But still, JP Morgan's net interest income rose 44%, Citi's 16%, and Wells Fargo's nearly 30%. Now, some smaller banks like Silicon Valley Bank, for example, which collapsed, Signature Bank, and First Republic Bank, which was acquired by uh, JP Morgan struggled with the effects of higher interest rates and deposit levels at major, major banks in the US have been declining, remember, with growth turning negative and this negativeness reaching minus 6%, so its lowest levels in April. But, but, but BlackRock, for example, amounts some good inflows thanks to these deposit outflows and closed the quarter just shy of 10 trillion US dollars under management. So it's mixed, as you see. So the mix of the good and the bad news led Citigroup shares 4% down on Friday's trading session. Wells Fargo first rallied on the other hand before closing the day in the negative on Friday. And the upcoming earnings reports from uh, some other big banks, including Bank of America, uh, Morgan Stanley, and Goldman Sachs, which have been trying to, you know, really um, temper the expectations, the market expectations will be closely watched throughout this week among other big names because we also have on this list of uh, companies that are due to release their second quarter earnings this week well we also find big names like Netflix like Tesla IBM TSM American Airlines and American Express 
Now, overall, analysts actually project that the S&P 500 companies will see the biggest, the largest contraction in their earnings growth during the second quarter of this year, where profits are expected to fall by 7 to 9% year over year. Now, that obviously doesn't really match what we see in the S&P 500 chart in terms of valuation because the index hit a fresh high since April 2002 on Friday and is up by around 24% since its last October dip. But, but, but the reality is that with just over 5% of the S&P 500 companies having reported their second quarter earnings, while profit growth for the period is on track to have contracted by 9.3% thus far according to Bloomberg. Now it's obviously too early to call because the technology is what carried the S&P 500 this high over the past half a year and their earnings, the technology earnings should be the ones to confirm the nice and the sweet rally that we saw on the S&P 500 index level but we could come down to earth with less shinier figures on that end unfortunately because yes uh, AI boosts revenue and revenue expectations but Look at what's happening on the field because Taiwan's exports of chips fell for the sixth consecutive month in June and that was due to weaker global demand because Taiwanese exports decreased more than 20% from a year earlier to a four-month low and when you actually think that uh, the island Taiwan is home to some big and loved names like Apple and Nvidia for example so these two companies go to a chip maker TSMC while well, you question whether the big Biggest, biggest annual decline in Taiwan's chip exports since March 2009 isn't actually a warning that equity investors, so technology equity investors especially, may have gone well ahead of themselves when rushing into these stocks. Well, I guess we will see uh, what happens in the earnings in the next few weeks. But for this week, well, Netflix's decision actually to stop the password sharing among uh, subscribers has certainly, certainly boosted the subscription growth last quarter, while Tesla's record uh, car sales last quarter, where Tesla actually sold almost half a million cars around the world, which is up by 83% since a year ago, though at a discounted price, while May keeps sentiment in investor sentiment upbeat in Tesla this week. So this is all for this Monday. I'm Ipeko Skardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading